Hello and welcome to The Embargoed, the only podcast that gives you the unvarnished truth about the world of technology public relations. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. Every Thursday, we touch on the top tech PR headlines of the week, dissect the world of communications, and promise to never bore you with details about which company announced what. Unless, of course, we really like the what. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'm David Oro, and along with my guest host, Kevin Wolf, we're about to give you a great show. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag it, drop it, zip, unzip it, lock it, fill it, curl it, find it, view it, code it, jump, unlock it, surf it, scroll it, pose it, click it, cross it, crack it, switch, update it, name it, read it, tune it, print it, scan it, send it, fax, rename it, touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, start format. It, buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it. Well, 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 welcome. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Dave? <laughs> that is Daft Punk Technologic. I'm electronic. I'm an electronic music song. fan. I don't know the song. I like it though, man. My head was bobbing. Yeah, and it's a technologically song, you know, things like that. But Daft Punk is a French duo. And they're heavy on dance music. You've heard their song Around the World, or maybe uh, Music Sounds Better with You with the pop hits. But their biggest hit was uh, the one with Pharrell Williams, which was, ugh, oh, I'm forgetting the name right now. I don't, I don't um, know it, but I, I have heard of the band. I, I think on a future pod, Dave, we're going to uh, focus on your early days DJ experiences and, and how that shaped you. That's coming yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I thought everybody knew who Daft Punk was, but apparently uh, two thirds of my clients don't know who they are because I asked them about it, but they do a lot of remixes. Oh, that song Get Lucky with Pharrell Williams was one of their big hits. So you've heard that song, I'm sure. Probably, sure. All right, dude. So we're on a week here and we have something special for everybody. And I'm really happy to do this because it's going to be the first time we're going to have a guest on this show. This guest is a friend, a colleague, um, and a confidant, really. He, and uh, he's also our number one fan. He's provided us more feedback <laughs> than anybody else. And, uh, and we're like, we've got to get a guest on the show. And I'm like, you got to get this guy on air because he's he keeps giving us feedback. And he was like, get me on because I need to say something, I'm sure. So our guest this week, um, hey. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is none other than than the one and only Ben Stricker. Hello, Ben. Welcome to the show. David Oro. Hello. Long time listener. First time caller. How you doing? <laughs> hey, Ben, you either you either have good taste because you're listening to our show or you have uh, very little to do socially. <laughs> I don't know which it is, but either way, welcome. Glad to have you on board. Hey, I love the show. It's it's good to hear from uh, from colleagues in the business. I'm like one of those sports caller, uh, sports talk show guys. It's you always know, yeah, the geeky guys are always calling in. Well, that's me. Now I got a chance to talk <laughs> on your show. Plus, you have a good haircut, man. You and I have the same. Uh, I know. Right there. <laughs> I save a lot of money that way. <laughs> so Ben, uh, before we get into what we're doing today, you want to you know, tell the world about who you are and what you're doing and stuff like that. You know. 
incriminate yourself a little bit if you don't mind yeah well i yeah <clears throat> i've been in doing pr for all, as long as you guys have it's been over 20 years now i can't believe it but we've we've all been around I, i've worked for the big tech titans and the the mid-sized companies and the startups which is where i am now <clears throat> i'm working for a company uh, called behavox which is a, a tech company in the in the ai and machine learning space um, so I'm kind of you know, doing what I've done before, where I am the, the PR department, the, the army of one. So I do all the social media, all the comms, internal, external message writing, PR, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Ben, ben is known wherever I, I followed his career for a while. We worked on a couple of uh, companies together, and, and this dude is a PR machine. He knows um, exactly how to get you in the news and get coverage and you know, he always has a job because there's some VP of marketing or some head of comms. It was like, oh, I need some good PR. And they call up Ben. And so he's just bouncing around everywhere. Ben, you, you have something, though. You have a unique experience that's different from a lot of PR pros. Uh, and do you want to talk to us about what was a big trade show company that you worked with uh, running comms? Yeah, it's, it was the, the company that people know from doing Comdex, Interop, VoiceCon, WebShow Conference. It was... Uh, several names. Um, probably people know it most by CMP, which is now UBM, because it did uh, all the trade trade pubs like Information Week and and uh, things like that. So people know those publications. It was Media Live, the name of the company before that. But I would I was their PR department, their PR guy uh, for a long time. So I'd go to all these shows every month and that's how i got to know all these reporters some of the big ones like interop back in the day in the early 2000s we get 300 press and analysts there and i know every one of them by name so that kind of stuff really helps you out when it comes to building relationships because you you know you're, you're hanging out with these people for a week you know uh, months of I, I find that fascinating i tell you what i've made a career out of avoiding trade shows like it's <laughs> actually that's my skill hey hey but so I, there's hold but on, I, Kevin. I respect but i respect people like ben because you do that, and I think there are a lot of advantages to being a tech professional if you attend those events. I've personally just not been able to bring myself to do it, <clears throat> and I wonder if, uh, if, if things would have turned out differently for me had I done it, but I, how many of those events did you attend? Like, how did you survive? I love trade shows. I, I keep every badge I've ever been to. I used to have it hanging up back there. I've been to over 125 trade shows. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's the secret sauce. I'm telling you, that's how... You get in there, you figure all these reporters are coming with the mandate. They got to write, what, 10 stories per event. My job is to get in there and help them out. Hey, I come in there like I, I know where they are. They're always in the press room hanging out there and then you're not supposed to go bug them. But I do it anyway. You kind of know, you know, having that job, you know where the inside and the outside and the back doors and all the other stuff is and how to get to these people and just say, hey, look, I've got my CEOs right here. Here's what we're talking about. I know you're shooting video. It's just, you know, you know, be ready when the time comes and they need somebody to fill the gaps for, for, uh, for their news cycle. But the, uh, the schmoozing, the schmoozing and the, and the hotel food, uh, you know, the long hours being on your feet all the time. I think I'm just too lazy. That must be what yeah, yeah. that Kevin has not left that room since 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've barricaded myself inside this office. Like, there's, there's, there's not. I, I'm not a schmoozer. I'm, 
terrible at that, but I just, it's about knowing people and just kind of being normal and, and trying to stay sober most of the time. That's the trick because right. yeah. it's, it's booze flowing, it's receptions here and just kind of knowing how to work the room without being a cheesy schmoozer without, you know, just kind of being natural. It's a fine um, line. It's a, yeah. it's a fine line. Kevin. Yeah. It's easier with a couple cocktails. I'll tell you. I'll bet, man. Yeah, no, but I, I think over time you start to see those same people over and over again, and you yeah. know, you, and they're there for work too. You're there for work too. Let's figure out. How we Let's make our you. jobs easier. You, you yeah. know, let me give you something to write about that that's legit, that's not crap, and they appreciate that over time, and it's still stayed to this day where they, you know, they may not be willing to cover my news because you know, you know, it may not be something they write about, but at least they're going to read my email, and that you know, those relationships have lasted almost twenty years. Sorry, yeah, that's a good topic for conversation maybe later in the show here is uh, <laughs> relationships and the value and, and whether those pay off in over time. I, I'm dubious, but I hear you, man. That's uh, that's interesting. I, you're a, a trade show legend. I had no idea. All right. Thank you, Ben, for that intro. We're glad to have you here. Um, we're excited about the show. Uh, this week, we, we're, we're, we're not going to focus on a news item. We're actually going to go straight up PR, tech PR in particular. And our episode of The Big Pitch, which is our, you know, weekly topic of what we're going to talk about, we're calling it the All-Star Edition. And ahead of the NBA All-Star Games and the love of sports that these two guys have, Kevin being the holy grail of sports fan and Ben Stricker being another big sports fan, go cards, Ben. Um, we're going to basically look at things that are uh, – uh, what you need to be an all-star here in public relations. And Kevin, you want to go over a couple of things for us here? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, here's the idea, right? The NBA all-star game is Sunday, March 7th, if I'm not mistaken. And every year uh, the all-star game is basically a two part weekend deal on Saturday. They have like uh, like skills competition type thing. And then Sunday is the game. So, uh, you know, we're going to do, uh, kind of a riff on that and we'll hit on the Saturday NBA all-star type activities. So we're going to do a quick skills competition, PR skills that are most important today. We're going to do a, like a three point competition, which is basically our way of saying, you know, how can small tech companies get press coverage right now? They have a quote unquote outside shot, like a three point shot. And then we're going to do uh, we're going to do a dunk contest. We're going to dunk on some things that are PR related and then we're going to put together a, a roster of the publications that do the best job covering tech. And we'll have a starting lineup and, uh, and a handful of reserves. So it's a PR, sorry, it's an NBA themed uh, pod and uh, PR pod. And we're going to have some fun. Well, let's, let's get started. So, all right. So do you actually watch the NBA all-star the whole day or do you just watch the game? What do you actually watch? Well, as like like the only thing I've ever watched is the dunk contest. Okay. Yeah. The right. dunk contest is, is great. You know, uh, I do watch it. I love it. Uh, it's become a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's actually like a, it's required viewing. It, it's like, it, it's like Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening for the, the competitions, skills competitions and Sunday evening for the game. Uh, I, I, I'm not as interested in like the skills competition, which is a little, a little boring. We'll try to make it more enjoyable today, but the, <laughs> point, the dunk contest, I mean, yeah, the dunk contest is historic, you know? Yeah. The dunk contest is historic. I think Michael Jordan did that for us. 
Uh, three point is probably pretty cool too, but I'm not going to sit there and watch it all day. I got something else to do. So, <laughs> um, all right, I get you. I get you. All right, let's all right. let me let me throw some stuff at you here. All right, because I, I want to get us started here. Uh, let's let's go with the the first thing. So we're going to start with the skills competition. So the premise of this bit right here is what skills, Ben and David, do you need to be successful? In, in tech PR today. And you can come at this from any position you want, uh, whether you're an in-house PR person, uh, an outside person like we are, uh, whether you're working at a big company, a small company, I don't care how you come at it. Um, I've got a few ideas on this. Uh, ben, do you wanna give us an idea? Like give us one thing that a PR person needs to be successful in tech today. Well, it helps to be sober. But that's getting tougher to do all the that's time. That's a good point, though. And I, are you sure would be my response? Most days, it's, okay. it helps if you're sober. Most days, I'll say. Some days, you get your best work done when you're not. But that's a story from another, for another episode. Okay. Um, I can talk about skills that are important internally and skills that are important to get the job done, which for PR folks is getting coverage. I think a lot of PR people, I'll, I'll talk about this, especially being in-house person, a lot of people don't think about um, knowing the business enough, you know, knowing what the company's goals are. They don't think like the CEO. I'm forced to do that on a regular basis. I work with the CEO. You know, he's the founder of the company I work now. So I, I try to put my perspective into the way he would look at things. What if that's your money? Is this something that's going to move the needle? Is this something that's going to impact revenue or the bottom line? So I try to think it from this, from that perspective. I think in general, a lot of PR people don't think of it that way. They'll just maybe be reactive where they'll get something from marketing and, you know, work it into a press release or pitch and get it out the door. But if you know the competition and the industry and you know how your products work and know the business, that's going to go a long way, not just kind of making you uh, more legitimate in the eyes of the executive team at your company and the CEO. But it's just going to help you be more informed and just be, you know, write a better story, whether you're doing a blog post or social media or whatever it may be. The more information you know about what's happening with the company, the better you're going to be at your job and the better you are going to be in your profession in general. I think you're right. You know what it reminds me of? It's like when people say, hey, you want to learn to speak a language, immerse yourself in the culture. Right. Yeah. You, got to go, you got to go all in. Otherwise, it's very transactional. Right. And, and I, to be honest, <clears throat> I find myself doing that. Sometimes like give me, you know, as much information as I need to be successful and dangerous. And I, you know, I don't need any more than that right now, but you're right. When you immerse yourself in the content and the subject matter, you know, you, you stand the best chance to be successful. I guess the, the risk is you end up drinking your own co your own Kool-Aid, which none of us wants to do because uh, that goes to bad places. But, but I get your, I get your drift. Yeah, I think it's really the knowing the business, right? And then I think the other thing to know, uh, particularly if you're in-house, is, you know, understanding the needs of various teams, right? So internally, if you are dealing with product marketing or product management um, and weighing what needs to be done with uh, the executive team and kind of balancing those things and understanding what is actually achievable, <laughs> And, you know, it, there's an art in that. 
<laughs> so yeah. I think I'd, I'd say too, as close as you can get to the customers to hear what they're actually dealing with and the problems you're solving, that's helpful. You can't always do that directly. Sometimes you're just getting that information secondhand or thirdhand. In lieu of that, I think staying close to your AR team in-house, you might be doing that on your own as part of the PR function or comms function. But you know, analysts are going to give you the, you know, they're not going to give you any bullshit. They're going to say, this is really what you're, you're lacking. And hearing from them, you know, if you have an AR program, if you're working with analysts, that gives you a real you know, wake-up call. And you might be drinking the Kool-Aid until you hear these analysts say, like, oh, look, you're, you're far away from your competition in this area. So... Think of it that way too about getting to know the market. You just got to uh, pay Forrester more, buddy. That that's that's what you're looking yeah. at, man. These guys are coin operated, man. You, you want you want better news from the analyst? Write a bigger check. Or if you know some people that work there, give them uh, you know take them out for cocktails, and cocktails, and cocktails and cocktails and cocktails. Dave, give us get... give us one thing. Uh, give us one thing that you think is a is a critical skill for PR people today in tech. Uh, well, so the business one and then, you know, some of the politics that are involved in there. Uh, I'm finding myself to also be uh, much more. It's not critical, but it's helpful um, in terms of uh, social and just kind of understanding where you can amplify and tell stories. Not to be a social media manager, um, but to be there to kind of uh, identify um opportunities to amplify your story and it works for a PR professional more than a, I think a social media manager, because we work a lot on messaging and understanding the business and telling a story, which is what you end up doing on the social side as well. And if you can have that sort of uh, messaging expertise, um, you will, it's going to help a lot. Yeah. Messaging sense. is, Messaging, I think, is definitely important. The more you can be proactive about driving that instead of reactive. And I think, you know, aside from that, the other thing I would say is the number one thing is hustle. Uh, to use a sports term, get your uniform dirty. Get down and, you know, get in there. Get in and, you know, learn the business. Hustle. Uh, you know, get information. Don't, don't be annoying to reporters and just make sure you, you get them the information you need. And um, Hustle is a big part of my MO anyway. I, I get you. I, I'll throw one more. I got a, a, a few, but I'm just going to give you one. Um, I, I think this year, this past year anyway, especially empathy is something and it goes way beyond PR, way beyond tech PR. But I, I've just found like dealing with people these days is different than it was pre-pandemic. And I can sense it in the emails. I can sense it in the phone calls. I can sense it in the Zooms. It, it's just people are distracted people are a little shorter. Um, you know, there's, I, I feel like people can be a little, it's funny. I see it going both ways. Sometimes people are more dismissive than I would expect. And sometimes they go way in the other direction and, you know, they're, they want to touch base and check in and hear about what's going on with you more so than, than has been the case for me for, you know, for years and years before the pandemic. I, I feel like this, this notion of empathy is like every time I'm, Every time I get like an, you know, a pissy email from a, a client or a writer, I kind of check myself. I'm like, you know, how many kids do they have at home, right? Where are they working from? What's their internet connection? You know, how healthy are they? How healthy is their family? And those are questions I never really thought about, to be honest with you, before the pandemic. Could that be maturity, Kevin? 
I doubt it. I'm not. Very <laughs> much sure you doubt sure. it. I, I, I think. I, uh, I, I think so too, right? Everybody's in this together, and I think Zoom actually made a lot of change to that in terms of, you know, more people are used to seeing themselves on camera. You've done it before, but now it's like the normal thing, and then everybody's it's a it's a shared experience and and having shared experiences provides empathy yeah i'm with you um all right let's bust a move to the second competition uh on all-star saturday so to speak here let's go to the uh the three-point shooting contest so you know we've all had the experience i guess of, of working in working with big companies and working with smaller companies. And, you know, they, they each present their own challenges from a comms perspective and they're, they're different challenges. But what I, what I want to talk about here for the three point competition, the outside shooting competition is if you're a small tech company, you are really challenged to get coverage. These are, you, you got, I, you know, you've got an outside shot, frankly, of getting into a business pub. You've got, an outside shot of getting really consistent uh, media coverage. Uh, and that's a big deal. So my question to you, Dave, we'll start with you this time. What can a small tech company do to, uh, you know, to get better coverage, to get uh, hit more of those outside shots? Raise a lot of money. That's going to help me a lot. <laughs> right. That's a good start. I mean, sure. usually, you know, you take on a lot of clients, uh, you know, you, they'll, they'll come in and there'll be startups and, and um, depending on who you get, they raise five, $10 million. You can get some coverage out of there, but it's when you're starting to get above the $25 million range that helps out a lot. Now, what we're really talking about here are smaller companies who aren't raising money, who are chugging along to do what, what they need to do to get coverage. Um, we look at different things, right? Sometimes I'll, I'll work with them to get back to the basics. What is their market, who they are, and start with just waking them up and uh, or, or getting them out to the trades that would cover them, whether it be software or infrastructure or things like that. Um, the other thing is, is to uh, uh, look into the executive team and find out if there's anything interesting happening there, a personality, uh, uh, a relationship with existing investors? Is there something there? Uh, and then the, the final thing is, is just to get in on what's hot, right? And this is a hard one. And this is probably a longer game stretch is, you know, whatever space they're in, how can they tie to existing media trends, whether it be artificial intelligence or uh, um, SPAC markets or whatever they're doing today in the IPO stuff or, 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 you know, politically related. Totally. Those yeah. are the things there that I kind of start with. These no, are sense. the hardest ones to do. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to be opportunistic. Yeah. Small, right. You, you can't be, you can't pick and choose. Ben, I got a question for you. One of the things that I would say a small tech company can do uh, from where I'm sitting would be to you know, not hire a PR agency and probably not bring the PR function in-house. You know, financially and functionally, I feel like the move is always 
you know, it's always a better move to outsource that. Obviously, you're on the inside right now. What's your take on that as far as uh, the small tech company getting coverage uh, using an in-house uh, person or uh, or, uh, or outsourcing? Yeah, I'll answer your question. First, I want to go on a little rant for a Ooh. little bit. So, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I work for a company that's it's not a fang company. It's not even a five, Fortune 500, 500 company. We don't have a, a, a niche market like a you know, open source specialty. So you're, if you're a reporter, you're dealing with these days, smaller newsrooms. You got to cover news. Just about everything these days is, is news driven. Not so much the, the theme stuff or the trends anymore. It's all about clicks and advertising. If you've got a you know, big name, if you've got, you know, if you're working for Facebook or Google, you know, that's in the headline. People are going to read about that versus a, a company like Behavox. So, the, uh, the odds there are, are smaller than they used to be even like two or three years ago. Uh, so you can't trend, pitch trend stories like you used to because nobody's going to care. So you got to rely on, on news, even research that's, you know, David Oro knows in the past that we've done. Vendor research is just, you know, it's not really a market for that anymore either. If you've, there's, oh, there's a, sorry, I got to stop you there because yeah. I want to hit on that. You think there isn't a market for developing and pitching uh, vendor developed uh, data. Is that what you're saying? That's right. I just went through a, a situation where I had a great story, great data. It's about the, you know, the, it's what are people dealing with when they're working from home and are they doing stuff that could put their yeah. company at risk? Great story, great pitch. People even tell me that, but it's just like, you know, we're just not doing vendor surveys and we got to go from the big, you know, if a big company does it, you know, if, uh, you know, Airbnb or somebody, you know, one of the, you know, the big major, you know, a specific area is going to do a report or an analyst firm will cover that. That's but aside from that, it's just not flying. It's just I, frustrating. I've had a different experience and maybe we'll talk about this offline or, we, you know, we can hammer it here too. But I, I actually have been doing vendor surveys for almost a decade. I probably do eight to 10 a year for my clients. And it's, I still find it to be, uh, and I work with a lot of small companies, uh, primarily smaller uh, companies. And I, I, it's, I will say it's not uh, as effective a PR tool as it was for me five years ago, three, four years ago even. Uh, but it's still, I, I still find it, it works for the most part. Uh, but that's interesting. I, sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt you. I'll, I'll get a couple headlines and I'll get some people to use this on background, not on background, but like as a supporting point. So right. we maybe we've got different different data that we're talking about. So we can, I want to talk with you more about that. But on the topic of data, that's a big thing too. If you've got data trends, and I'm not talking research reports, yeah. I'm saying specific data. If you've got something you're producing yep. that, sh that indicates what's happening in a specific trend, that's something that we can do. Um, you know, if you've got, uh, this is more in the security world and a lot of other areas too. If you're ambulance chasing, for example, and you have a legitimate, you know, reason to be ambulance chasing, you know, the old days used to be, Hey, you know, I, my guy's got a comment. Let's, let's set up a time to talk. Now it's like, they don't have time for that. So here's your statement. Let's go and then you know, move on. Ben, Ben, your point about data is key. I often ask clients right away, what kind of data you have, right? And, you know, security companies will have security data or hacker data, um, you know, but there, a lot of these new tech companies, particularly in the enterprise tech, they're, they're, the reason why they're valuable is because they have data. Give us some of that. Let us push it out there. Let's see how people are using your product. Let's see how people are attacking 
websites or uh, or or spending money or buying products, whatever it is, there's data there. Like I have a software development company. I work with in the software space. They have data of just downloads of their their product. <laughs> I'm like that that helps. That works out to it, and it's in the millions, right? And it's huge. And, and but it's a number that is important, but it's not necessarily you know a Wall Street men- metric like uh, you know cash money, which is yeah. you know in in the tech space if you're growing quick or you're getting a lot of downloads and you're being used and you have a network effect going, people know that the money will come in eventually. I, I actually hate to, that we're giving this this away for free. I, I think this is uh, I've been using this uh, strategy for. For a long time, uh, I think every SaaS company in particular should be doing something like this. They're all sitting on a ton of data. Um, there's an opportunity to report on that data in a regular fashion. You do it in aggregate. You do it anonymously in, in terms of you know not uh, sharing any like customer data uh, with customer names attached to it. And I tell you, man, I've made it. I think it is one of the best uh, PR tools. Uh, you know. PR mechanism, PR strategies, if you will, that, that a SaaS company or any company can use. Um, and uh, I, you know, I can't believe we told everybody about it here on the podcast. Hey, hey, uh, now hey, they're going to go off and do it on their own without us, but they still need our help. Everybody out there in the world, this is why you listen to the Embargoed podcast yeah. Yeah, to find out the secrets of how to get this done. Hey, I've, before <laughs> I've heard, I've heard somebody say data is the new oil. Have you heard that? <laughs> I've never heard Have you that heard before. That? Have I've never heard, heard that? that before. Yeah. It must yeah. be new. I think I came <laughs> hey, up with that myself. Hey, ben, now. ben, before before we go on to the next topic. I didn't answer what? Kevin's question, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, lots of people do that. So before we go on, one of the episodes we, we talked about was uh, a thing on Aaron Zamos, and he does this whole, like, you know, a clock thing about, like, you know, uh, you're the media darling, you're the baby star, and then the media will come crashing down on you and you go around this clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. And you, you, one of your feedback was like, screw that, man. That's only for the big companies like, you know, Google, Yahoo, YouTube, or whatever it is. That's how it happens. What about all these small companies and this outside, this three-point uh, competition here that we're making? I, that roused you up pretty big. You have some strong feelings about that. <laughs> yeah, you had on couple episodes ago you're talking about it was a guy from google or whatever and he's you know he's talking about how or you're referring to how he talks about working with the the press and this and that and then you go to these pr conferences and you've got some big shot from google and some big shot from facebook or amazon or whatever talking about how they you know what that is 99 of the people 99 of the people in the in pr do not live in that world they live in the in the rather than the you know it, it, it's almost uh, contrary to everything that they talk about, you know, it's, it's not crisis management. Like they, uh, like the worlds they're living in They're like the world we live in is please fucking write about my company. Please, 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 you know, you know, yeah. try to do anything to get people, reporters to write about your company. What's the best way to do that? And then, you know, these Google people come on and like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, we try to get this reported that it's like, that reporter has never given me the damn time of day any, <laughs> in the last whatever. It's like, okay. There's no such thing as PR equity or equality, you know. It, it, equality, it, yeah. Not the one, one percenters there. The rest of us are, you know, yeah. fighting for scraps. 
Well, after yeah. you to- after you told me that, Ben, I went back and looked at uh, Aaron's uh, uh, career. He's blessed, right? Google YouTube Square. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, to, not to dismiss anything on his uh, on his experience at all. Like that, that's that's awesome, dude. Like that's great. But in a lot of ways, you're managing media rather than actively proactively yes. trying to reach it's out. It's crisis management. It's yeah, reactive. Yeah. You're yeah. never pitching a story. You're like, I these guys, you're, yeah, you're coming, I, they're coming to you and they're saying, we're going to do this. Sometimes you get to craft that story and you get a better result. But and sometimes you've got a big news thing and you get a pick. Oh, let's see. Would I like to have that exclusive in the New York yeah, Times yeah, yeah, or yeah. the Wall it's Street Journal? You want to punch those people. Gonna it's punch them. Being born on face. third base. That's, yeah, that's it's, a board, it's a board <laughs> on third base. Yeah, yeah there you go. Like, I don't want to yeah. listen to those people. Come but, on. but but to, to the fence, that is a skill set in itself. And like I've done, I, yeah. I've come in and out, you know, representing smaller companies. And I've done several gigs where I have actually taken over as the head of comms for large corporations. And yeah. it's a different sort of skill set where it's not like you are you are uh, trying to pitch somebody's story because you can actually pitch a story and they're like, "Hey, you're fucking Google, <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. we'll talk to you yeah. about it, right?" Yeah, you know. Um, and but but you still have to manage that and deal with it, and there's a lot more politics That's involved true. in going out there. I don't want to completely but, but, crap on those but, people. But. Yeah, but but for for our sense and for our talk here, and for all the thousands of Silicon Valley startups out there. Y'all ain't gonna get that. You're not gonna enjoy no. that. There's a lot of hustle that's involved in this whole thing. So yeah, yeah. No, so there's. I'll I'll go on one more rant before I can talk about the, you know, the three point shot. It's the, the whole concept of relationships is just crap. It's like, well, I sure had great relationships when I worked for Cisco. When I left for Cisco, where'd they all go? Yeah. The best thing. The best thing. ran out of money, and, and, and maybe, uh, you're having having a hard time at the. Uh, Pick, picking up uh, a companion. Yeah, the best thing that they the best thing about having relationships, and I'll define relationship not as like, you know, the way they do in the industry, but as somebody that knows you, has worked with you, maybe even somebody you've had a drink with, that know you personally and know that you do good work. Right. The best thing about having those kind of relationships is that they'll at least open your email from the hundreds that they get every day. That's the best thing. You may not have news. You may be, you know, a, you know, a third world country in terms of company you're working for. And they're not going to write about you whether you got news or not. So it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, your buddy is not going to write about you I've, just I've because you're this, buddies. I've said this before. I, I've, you know, 26 years I've been doing this. No one's ever written a story because they like me. It's never happened. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You either have yeah. a good story or you don't. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not likable. And that's part, probably part of it. But honestly... These guys, no one's out to do you any favors, no. really, you know, and, and they're all trying to, you know, produce <clears> that their readers are going to pay attention to. Yeah, um, and they're measured the on their readership, too, no matter what. I've given exclusives, big exclusives to people, and then I've gone to another company, and they're like, hmm, who, what? <laughs> Exclusive what? Hey, we got to move on to the <laughs> next topic, man, so I'm not going to get to, to really dig in more on there. Let's go. Moving. Um, let's, uh, let's save the dunk contest for close to the end. Um, let's let's jump in. Let's try to hit kind of quickly here, I guess. Let's create yeah. our all-star starting lineup. So these would be the publications. They could be business pubs. They could be tech pubs. They could be industry pubs. The publications that you think do the best job of providing, I'll call it well-rounded tech coverage. Okay. Uh, so I, I've got some, I'm going to give you some candidates. Then we'll start with you. I'm going to give you some candidates 
we're trying to get five. I want five total. We got five roster spots. So uh, we'll get your five, Ben. Then we'll get your five, Dave. And I'll I'll chime in with a couple of mine. But but here's here's some candidates for you to consider. Okay, um, Bloomberg, uh, Business Insider, now Insider, Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, Wired, CIO, TechCrunch, Tech Target, whole collection of those of those outlets, CRN, Silicon Angle. Any of those sound interesting to you in terms of putting in your all-star starting lineup? Yeah, David, you want to go first or you want to go first on that list? Uh, he said you first, buddy. Oh, not okay. Me. Yeah, I was, I was looking at something else. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm not was, that interested. I was listening <laughs> to this. Yes, <laughs> Damn it, I hate like it caught. Damn, damn, dude, I, like, why did we put this guy on the show? <laughs> I hate what happened. What was the question? I'm oh, sorry, I was on mute. No worries, man. I had another call. Uh, give, give me, so give that, me your all-star starting five. Yeah. Give me your top five pubs, Ben. Yeah. In what year? No. Right now. Current year. 2021. Current year. So there, there, you have a balance of getting into, you know, the New York Times is never going to write about my my company. Wall Street Journal is, is not. They're going to, the best we can get, and we've got this before, is getting a quote in there, which goes a long way. Hey, we got the New York Times. Hey, we got the New York Journal. What, you know, there's the, uh, without metrics, without visibility, what does that do for you if you're putting something up on your website versus your name's in the headline? So you've got that balance there too. So I'm going to take the balance of an article that's about your company versus, hey, we got mentioned, you know, my CEO got quoted. That's a big thing. But in some cases where they don't know any better, if you're in the headline that, you know, for, for a company that, you know, may not know the difference between TechCrunch and TechTarget, that may be more meaningful to them to, and for morale or for maybe recruiting purposes to see that your company's name is a headline. So I'm gonna focus on that. I'm gonna just for, you know, for argument's sake, I'm gonna focus on the smaller companies, okay. uh, the, the trade pubs. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna leave out, you know, the business insider, you get in there if you've got, you know, maybe some funding. I've gotten into, you know, uh, to Bloomberg, you've got a hundred million. We had a hundred million uh, round of funding last year. We gave them the exclusive. Okay. They wrote about us there. That's great. That's not going to happen every day for your news stuff. I'm going to say, I'm going to go trade press. Okay. I'm going to go e, uh, e-week. Nice. Tech target. Weinsberger, love them. Go. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. He's yeah. having, they're having tough times over there. Tech target. People like Sean Kerner who writes for search networking. CRN, especially you've got a channel partner that you can oh, give as a reference. Yep. yep. SGX, SGX Central. Okay. And I'm going to throw out there Silicon uh, Silicon Angle. Yeah. I'm a fan. I like them all. Uh, I don't, I, I can't disagree. I, you know, I, um, I think that's a, I think that's a solid list. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I, th- I think it's a solid list. I'm going to take a little different approach. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go some higher level pubs and then leave a couple of, tech trades in there just because it's a lot of this is industry specific. Um, but for me, anytime, and you know, this is tech press and I work in enterprise tech really uh, CIO journal. If you can get in there and get a mention or whatever it is, yeah. that'd be great. Um, if you can get on CNBC uh, clients love it, they eat that up and you know, they have a lot of content to fill. Uh, there's some times on there to, to be there. And then clients keep coming to me, although I'm not a regular reader of it. Um, Business Insider is yeah. something that is just kind of come up uh, out of there. Over 
Axios or Protocol or other these sort of uh, semi-tech trade pubs. So for me on the on the on the industry side, uh, you know, what was great a long time ago when it was the glory days of media was um, syndication, right? So there used to be an IDG Newswire, and then you oh, could just man. yeah, you could get into IDG Newswire. Stephen Lawson, I miss <laughs> yeah, yeah. guys like God yeah. Damn it. You 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 would you would brief Stephen. Hey Stephen, if you're out there, uh, and and uh, t- brief him in San Francisco, and then next thing you know, your stories in New York, London, Sydney, Tokyo, wherever. Syndication was awesome. Tech Target's the only one that's kind of doing that. They've got enough spread on that, so that that's great. So th- that's that's where it is. And then uh, just generally on, you know, then this is a core tech thing. Uh, I'm uh, and it's in hyperscale computing, but I'm really loving what Timothy Prickett Morgan's doing um, at the next platform. So yeah. that's just that's a personal thing there. Yeah, that's yeah. a good list. That's solid. Yeah. Um, I I think that I like the mix. I'll I'm gonna throw out my starting five real quick. I got CNBC. I got Business Insider, CIO Journal, Tech Target, and it pains me to say, but I still think TechCrunch is on that list. Um, Dude, I'm, you just ripped into TechCrunch last I'm, week. Like I said, I'm 56 <laughs> days sober, man. I haven't been to the site. I think you got to give it its due. I, I don't want anything to do with it, but you know what? It's, it's still got to be in that conversation, but I'll just say this. I think Insider slash Business Insider actually has has moved up the, uh, the, uh, the rungs for me. I, I think they are after like a CIO journal or Wall Street Journal, um, I, I put them ahead of Forbes. I put them ahead of Fortune. I think they do the yeah. best job. Of, they, they really found a way to walk that tightrope between, damn, this headline is too sensational. It's ridiculous. It's, um, you know, it's over the top and still providing, producing, you know, really good content with actual reporting behind it, not just, um republishing press releases i think you know i I, i'm i'm impressed Uh, and i like working with most of those people they're not super responsive again working with smaller companies is very hard to get their attention but i think they they need to get their due i think we need to put some respect on their name i think insider slash business insider has uh has stepped up yep um let's uh let me let's let's hit the bench real quick ben give me Five companies that you, five pubs you didn't mention that you think, you know, should come off the bench in our uh, tech pub all-star game. Yeah, well, I wish I could be able to say network world and information because those used to be the go-to information. Those guys are on the gone fishing list. (laughs) That's so unfortunate. I mean, God bless them, Jim Duffy at network world and the folks that at information week that really read or wrote the good business stories, business tech stories. Those were really yeah. solid back in the day. Charlie Babcock so, comes to mind. What's that? Charlie Babcock. You remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Well, um, if, if they're, if they're not gone fishing, they're an analyst now. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's I, I true. Hope that, yeah. That's, or, or in-house someplace. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with you know, the guys you take off the bench. I'm going to go with the register. 
I'm going to throw that out there because he's still a I mean, UK based publication, but still I love the register. I love, the I, just register. love I just love reading their headlines. You know, it's yeah. just like, yeah. you know, it's like, what's the worst headline that you can get here? And you try it's to work starky, backwards man. sometimes. You know, you know, the, the Brits, man, they, they are the snarkiest and they make technology reading great. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Dave, throw one at us and then we'll move on. Well, I was going to agree with the register. Okay. Right? You know, that, that, they're, they're always there, right? And um, if you're in anything that they're covering, you will be covered and um, you will get an uncomfortable headline. Uh, but in the <laughs> end, it'll probably be semi-fair. The stories are always <laughs> solid. You cringe yeah. at the headline. Yep. But it's like, it's, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, but it's like somebody's, somebody's in the snark department writing all the headlines. Yeah, it's well, not the person that writes the, you know, the article. But, but, uh, and. And they, and they get a lot of comments and, and they got smart readers. So if you yeah. go in there and read their comments, it's great too. Good. Yeah. So. Hey, let's do this. Let's spend like 90 seconds on this idea of a dunk contest. We're going to dunk on a couple of things, PR, uh, and then we're going to do our, we'll wrap up with our uh, rep fire refer bit and, uh, and we'll call it quits. Is that good for you guys? Yeah, that's good. So dunk contest, right? There's, there's two things that I, I, would like to dunk on and then I'll throw them out and then you guys give me your take. Maybe each of you take one of them. One, if you're a, a relatively, if you're basically any company that is kind of outside of that 1% group, outside of that Google, outside of Fang, right? Outside of the, the big guys, my opinion is it's never a good idea to hire a PR agency. You're much, and this is self-serving, David worked for both of us, but never a good idea to hire a PR firm. Always find you know, one or two little guys. I like to say, you don't need a police escort for PR. You need a Sherpa. You need just like one or two people to guide you through the wacky world of PR. You do not need an agency. The second thing I'm going to say that I want to dunk on is social media. I think social media killed the truth. I think it murdered the truth. And it started five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, I can't wait for, uh, I, I want to pour some dirt on social media. Uh, ben, Dave, who wants to take one of those? I, I I will I will go on social media, right? And I, it, like politically, it sucks uh, yeah. in the world of politics, right? In the discourse in America, but also I think in a lot of ways, it's got a lot of companies have been hoodwinked by social media in itself, thinking that they can drive sales and things like that. Right. You know, digital marketing will do that for you. Social media will be an aspect of that, but you know is are you really going to do some lead gen through social media? For me, I, I view it as an amplification tool and it's still an important mix of how we communicate today. But the hype around it, I think, was a little bit too much. Um, and it's probably really good in consumer goods, but I don't know if it works in enterprise tech. So I'll take the I'll take the PR agency uh, angle there. So Kevin, I'm mostly in agreement with you. Take it in house whenever you can. What you know? What's the use of of most PR agencies? Mostly if you're a big company that needs feet on the street, as my football coach in high school used to say, assholes and elbows. That kind of work is <laughs> that kind of work getting the word out there. I don't know why it just brought I, I, I don't even know what that is, dude. I don't even know what that is. What the hell is that? Don't explain. I thought that was a construction term. I thought that was like a bunch of guys were working I'll in tell a, you when the show's over. I'll tell you when the show's over. I thought that was. 
or if you're, you know, if you're just getting going and you don't know what you're doing, you need PR help. Well, you go to an, you know, go to an agency for the most part. Yeah. It, you know, it's not a good sign that, that um, in general, do small companies need PR at all if they can't get the time of day. In that case, maybe you do go with a small budget for a small agency, just, you know, on retainer when you need them for that kind of stuff, you know, that goes to, sh- you know, that could be a whole nother topic for another, uh, for another show about whether PR at small companies is even, even needed. But for the most part, if you can, like Kevin was saying, if you can bring PR in-house, do it. You get, you know, you hire a person like me, not to shill for myself, but you know, you got somebody who can do it all. That's all you need. You don't need an agency. It's funny though. I, I actually, Ben, I feel like the, you go the other way. I think you take, you know, with all due respect, I think you take that salary and you send a quarter of it out to a PR person like Dave or I and let us, uh, you know, uh, run, run wild. But I, I think either way, the idea is you don't need what you don't want to do is make a commitment to a, an agency that you're going to spend X amount of money with over an extended period of time. And you're locked into that deal. And if you have to exit that relationship yeah. for any reason, they stick you with a big penalty. Yeah. Yeah. You want flexibility is what you want when you're a small company. You want the ability to turn it on, turn it off, dial it up, dial it back. Um, and I think there's a, yeah, it's not a one size fits all. It depends. I think you, if you're in that case of do I need an agency or not, go to a, a database like you know, Tech News and, and find out if anybody's writing about your company. Do you even need PR at all? And if you do, do you go for the agency or like the independent guys, you know, veterans like you two uh, have done this I, before? I've seen a lot of startups that, you know, don't really have a great story spending 15 to 20K a month on an Brutal. agency. Then the agency, agency's in there making stuff up to try to, fill in the number of hours. And, you know, if you, if you're in that position, you know, go with somebody that can do it <laughs> a lot cheaper. Yeah. So. Like Dave or me. Yeah. There we go. Call us up. Our shoes soon yeah, so, man. Right, let's, uh, let, let's wrap this thing up. We, we got this bit, this rep fire refer, right? It, it, you pick, like, oh, I thought it was, I was reefer. Did I read that wrong? <laughs> yeah. You were that rep fire reefer. That's after the show. Rep fire reefer. <laughs> Um, so we picked three, three people or not necessarily people, three topics that are somewhat related. And since we're on the sports theme this week, we'll go with, uh, Tiger Woods, who's had a hell of a week, Kevin Mather or Mather, who, uh, who was the Seattle Mariners president until he got himself fired. And Masai Ujiri, who's the uh, president of uh, basketball operations for the Toronto, Toronto Raptors, who, uh, had the misfortune of, uh, getting, you know, assaulted on a basketball court after his team won the NBA finals a couple of years ago. Um, you know, uh, so Ben, uh, you're, you're the guest, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to represent one of those guys. You have to uh, fire one. And then one, you have to refer to someone else. Maybe you like that person you're referring him to. Or maybe you don't. Yeah. So I think the easy one to fire is, is math or after the, uh, the whole Seattle Mariners thing, They're, you know, the guy's done and the guy even said himself, I got no defense. So he's done. He's out of work. There's nothing else you can do for a guy. He's not going to need, you know, any kind of representation. So fire that guy. There's, there's just, you know, you're, you know, you're, uh, the money's going to be dry. Anyway. He's going to yeah, fire whatever and, and, agency and, and, comes to him anyway. And remind us, he, he, he said, he You're was the guy from the Mariners who who went on a rant in front of uh, like a local uh, chamber of commerce, chamber yeah. of commerce or something. Yeah, yeah, who yeah, was yeah. recording the thing? And the guy for you know, I, I 
read the transcript and 95% of what the guy said was very positive about the team. A couple of things were like, Hey, this guy doesn't know English. This guy is boring. This guy is dumb. And it's like, why would you be oh, saying yeah. that in the first place about the team? Most of it is very, very positive, but the things that shows up in the press, Hey, stop me. If you've seen this before, this is your media training 101. one little thing, or in this case, guy's case, five little things he said became the story. And one guy just happened to be listened to it listening to it, looking for Mariners content and blew it out there. And that's it. You're done. One little thing like that. I mean, he's, he's, uh, like he'll never work in baseball again. I, yeah. No. I think no. that's it. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to uh, rep, uh, how do you say his, uh, Masai Ujiri. Yeah. I think we, yep. you, you've got a, you've got a positive story to tell here. Yeah. You, you, this is the guy that uh, you talked about earlier at the, in the finals where he comes out, I seen the video where the guy's trying to show his badge and he gets shoved by the, uh, sheriff, uh the security guard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple times. Sheriff. And then he's, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. I think um, that's the guy I'm going to rep because you've got a, you know, a, a social equality story to tell. How much does this happen to people who aren't execs? Did they, you know, the security guy think, Oh, here's a black guy trying to get on the, you know, the, to the floor here. And they stopped him. You know, to be frank, that's probably what the guy was thinking. Exactly How many times does that often happen? So you've got an opportunity to real do, you know, do some good here, to do a good thing by yep. telling the, you know, the social uh, justice side of, of all this and get people to weigh in too. So that's the one I, I would rep. The one I would, uh, would refer would be uh, Tiger Woods. And <laughs> yeah, this, the, you don't know what he was on. You know, if yeah, he anything. was refer. <laughs> we don't know yet. So that's the, the full story. I don't think has come out yet. Like you know, he's uh, he's driving himself. He's in a hurry. Uh, from what I heard, he was you know, in his car for a minute. And all of a sudden he flies out of the hotel going too fast down the street where they have a bunch of wrecks anyway. You know, was he looking down at his phone? Was there some urgent thing? Was he chasing after, uh, you know, another mistress? Was there, you know, what was really going on there? Apparently there weren't any brake marks, skid marks or anything. He just, you know, ate it. There could be that just could be a just honest mistake was just, yeah. you know, lost control. And that's the end of the story. But that's the one I'm going to refer or refer. I mean, as it, you know, the news may come out, somebody can take that story. Somebody can, you know, be taking those calls in there and just keep saying there's not much of a story. Tiger did this and here's your statement. And that's it. So that doesn't have as much call. interest. That's a good call on your part, because it may come out that uh, there was something going on there. And, and if it was ugly, you don't want to have to deal with it. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. there, there's there's some people that may want to attach themselves to the Tiger Woods <laughs> brand, but there's you know, there's not much of a story there, it seems like where it could be. And if there is, you're kind of hosed because you're on your, you know, on the defensive the whole time. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Rip, fire and refer done. Uh, and we are basically done. Ben Stricker, I, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, th it was awesome to have you on. And, you know, it was we, fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, you know, if, if we don't find a guest in the next th another guest in the next three weeks, we'll have you back on. <laughs> the all thirty people that uh. are listening to us. <laughs> um, but this was fun. Uh. We went a little bit long this time. We went so long that I had to emergency uh, quickly buy the Zoom plan so we wouldn't be cut yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> I was seeing you do it. I was wondering what. Yeah, you're doing. what is doing? They were going to stop the recording because we were past the forty-three minutes. Oh. This is like I said. This is a cheapskate production here, right? Like you know, I'm going to cancel that. Basic Zoom is done. Yeah, we do the basic Zoom. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we are out of here. Uh, ben, Kevin, thanks for having us. We will be back next week. Thanks all. Yeah, absolutely.
reminisce, I reminisce. Uh. Yeah. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say, think back 22 years ago to keep it on track. The birth of a child on the 8th of October.